You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And on this podcast, we talk all about the hot wife cuckold uh, lifestyle, as well as some of the BBC lifestyle thrown in for good measure. And as the intro says, my goal is to separate fact from fiction, to bring you what's real about the lifestyle. And today, what I have for you is another episode of The China Shop, which you all know are the episodes in which I have a conversation with another bull in the lifestyle. Um, so today I have a special guest. He's, this guy is actually a friend of mine. He's been a friend of mine long before uh, the Keys and Anklets podcast was born. Um, he's, he's a pretty well-known, highly respected gentleman in the lifestyle. Um, so I want to, you know, bring my brother Boneslinger to the table. Why don't you say what's up to my listeners? Hey, how's everyone doing? How you doing? All right, all right. Well, like I said, man, this is this has been long overdue. You know, you've been rocking with me from the beginning, so it's definitely a pleasure to, you know, to have you on here and chop it up with you a little bit, and you know, kind of let the people know, you know, who you are and 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 what you're about. So, I know that it's kind of taboo with the ladies, but the guys, I don't mind asking this question. Once you let my listeners know how old you are, <laughs> I, I I am I just turned forty. Okay. And how long have you been, you know, dealing in the lifestyle? Uh, but, uh, I since age twenty, so close to twenty years, if not more. Okay, so uh, take me back to the beginning. And that, how did this get on your radar in the first place? Like the very first time you even knew that there was this world of, you know, usually people hear about swingers first. So just how did this even get on your radar from the beginning? Uh, no. To me, it started with the old dark cabin and then kind of, you know, the Yahoo groups and then being able to kind of get to know people, interact that way. And then just, you know, the classic old personals, man. That's an entire generation that, that people don't know about anymore. Yeah, you sh- you're showing your age, man. You're showing your age. <laughs> <laughs> That's an entire thing that people don't know about anymore. But, you know, you can still put out the personal ads. You can do those on darkcavern.com or .net or whatever. And, uh, you know, it always been a very action-oriented individual. So kind of studied it a little bit, learned about it, and then put out my own personal and had my first meet. Okay, so and I didn't, yeah. So let me go back a little bit. What, what made you seek out Dark Cavern in the first place? Like, did you stumble across it? Like, how did you even yeah, come across yeah, it? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I've been on the old Yahoo groups, right? And I kind of always kind of enjoyed um, kind of um, uh, 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 the more amateur side of, kind of uh, uh, entertainment and then of course the amateur side of kind of interracial and as anyone in this lifestyle knows there's there's always been people chronicling this right in every era right so there's a there's a universe of kind of amateur media out there and then as you know as I consumed that it became very apparent that you know this was something people did and there were certain avenues to crack it and then you started with the, the groups and then you you moved on and then you could use the dark cabin and basically it was, it was a matter of inserting yourself into those groups, kind of learning the culture of those groups and then 
trying to you know position yourself as someone who could be a part of this. Okay, because I'm wondering if if your path kind of mirrors my own in a sense that I had heard about swinging before I heard about any of the other stuff. Like that was on my radar first, but to me swinging was always this couples thing. So I thought that door was closed to me because I wasn't part of a couple. Like I didn't know that single men had any place in the lifestyle. And so then that's I, interesting. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. That's, a, that's an interesting um, statement you're making there because in some ways, obviously you kind of hear about that in popular culture, but frankly, given my own kind of media interest, right. And then the media I was consuming at the time, um, kind of this aspect of the culture was something that had that 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 had been known to me, and then I then decided to kind of pursue it a little bit more, and that was when um, yeah, I just kind of to, to take the route because obviously um, still it was still a time where you could use the internet. It was actually at a time when you were just getting to use the internet for whatever kind of research you wanted to do, mm-hmm. and that was that was being able to kind of. Uh, tumble down the rabbit hole, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, this was still in the dial-up days. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. AOL.com, you've got mail. <laughs> Those damn discs that they were giving to everybody. Okay, yep, so, you, yep, yep. so you're online, you're digging around, you're doing your exploring, you're gaining your knowledge, you, you're seeing how everything works. Obviously, you had stumbled across the the same thing that I did where it was like, oh, wait a minute, there, there are these, there's a segment of people who they are specifically looking for single black men. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'm a single black man, so I, I can check that box. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that door that was once closed to me was now open. Like a, a, a different door was open. And so you're exploring yeah. going through that door. So Yeah, for me, it was just like, it was just a, you know, just a, it was like a secret society, a whole right. new world, right? And then learning about it was was interesting right i mean obviously you, you i i always feel that when you're learning about something you you kind of have to respect the culture and it's you and i can get into discussions as to kind of whether that's changed now with social media and everything making almost everything accessible but some things i think you just still need to learn yourself and that was one of one of the ways you could do that right and obviously you were learning on the um on the go, if you will, you are learning the culture by talking to people. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things that you just have to go out and do. Otherwise, you know, it, you can talk about it all you want. And you and I can talk about how so many people always just all they want to do is talk about it. They reach out to us one way or another just to talk about it. Right. Uh, but, but but at the end of the day, if you're going to be a practitioner, whether it's of this or of anything else, um, yeah, you got to go out and do it. No, absolutely. So you're, 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 you're building towards your first encounter. You know, you meet somebody, you've exchanged the, the emails and what have you, and you have that day and time set. Do you remember that day? Like, were you nervous? Were you like, man, can I, you know, because there's a big difference between, you know, going to the club or whatever and, and meeting a chick and taking her back and hooking up versus playing with another man's wife as he's sitting there watching you. So was there yeah, any kind of trepidation going into that yeah, first time I mean, for you? I mean, I think there obviously there was a lot of confidence and then maybe misplaced confidence, right? Well, no, it's, it's youth, man. It's, it's youth. <laughs> maybe misplaced confidence. So there, there was some of that. There was also some concern about security. So I, I kind of informed a friend I was going to hang out with a with a quote unquote townie, 
uh, being that this was this was happening in a university town, mm-hmm. right? But but they didn't they didn't get too many details. Um, uh, and and you know yeah there was some nervousness. You you don't really know what you're going to expect, right? Um, and of course then there's also the confidence of youth. There's that adrenaline, you know, which is which still happens even now, right? Right. right. Before before every meet, you get that rush of adrenaline. Um, and because you, you didn't really know what to expect, you didn't have any presuppositions, right? You just, you, um, you kind of approached the encounter with, with, with approached the idea with, without any preconceived ideas or notions, right? Which is both good and bad. It's good because you don't know what to expect. It's bad because you don't know what to expect. Right. right? You know what they say, you, you don't, <laughs> you're, you're, you're inexperienced enough where you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you, you don't know the unknown unknowns. No, but you know, but it was you know always kind of been one to kind of learn experientially, so it was yeah sure why not check it out see what happens. Okay, so you 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 have your first experience, and then, you know whatever it, it happens, and you go home or they go home depending on who got the room or whatever. So after that first time, like what stood out to like when you look back on it, what stood out to you about that first time? Whether it was where you felt the way they responded to you, like. Knowing what you know now on a scale of one to 10, how successful was that first encounter? Like, do you look back and be like, damn, I fuck, I, I did this wrong. I did that wrong. I was naive. No, it was, or, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was definitely a high quality encounter, which was, I know, very fortunate to have. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, it was clear they had done this before, right? Right. And it, it was clear they, they had a certain playbook they followed, right? Even when you, you think about, Perhaps how you may have a situation where you know one party to the experience might might, might be a voyeur, might be within the the um, the the area that things were happening. That wasn't the case. These these people obviously had had experience with kind of inexperienced um, uh, uh, new new new, uh, new playmates, if you will. So they, they, there was definitely uh, an approach that was that had a light touch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, kind of one of the things I took away was this: I just, I just knew in, in my in my head that this was not something to talk about. Right? This was not something I could tell like my vanilla friends. I'm not yeah. sure that they would even right. they would like, even understand. It was understand. like fight. It was like Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I knew like right away that this was kind of like a secret society, right? Um, and so I I kept my mouth shut, but I really appreciated the um, intention behind it, which is one of the things that's kind of, I guess, colored the way I approach play sometimes in an almost, I don't want to say regulated, but sometimes regimented manner. But I really appreciated the intention, the preparation, the uh, the lingerie, the, the the attention to detail, the setting, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and, and these are things I kind of almost immediately began to appreciate when well done about 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 this this part of the lifestyle. So it sounds like for you, from the word go, you really got the mental aspect of it, like immediately. Like that was that was evident to you pretty much right away. Like there's a mental component to this. It's not just the physical. Yeah, I mean, it, it became evident that there was that this was a subculture with its own rules, right, um, and, and norms, and not all of them were evident to me at the time. But I I did kind of understand that discretion was quite key 
early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and that worked for me too. I had a life, I had goals. I was, this wasn't my whole life. Right. You know, um, and, and I really appreciated that I could meet people who could get that and who still like, like, like me really enjoyed the physicality of everything. Okay. So how long into your journey was it before you started to see that, okay, there's a, there's a brotherhood in this, not with every guy you meet, but Hey, I'm going to encounter certain guys and we're going to click and we're going to vibe. And unlike what you were able to do in the vanilla settings, these are dudes that not only can I have a friendship with, but I can be a hundred percent authentic. You know what I'm saying? With these guys, like, like how, how long into your journey before you started to see that? It probably took a while. That probably happened later on in my time in New York. And obviously, you know, some of the same people, some of the same people I'll reference, right? Um, you, you know, some of these people right. well now and started to meet those people probably five years in, right? And, and um, you know, everyone has their, their flaws, but yeah, there were some people who were just very, very um, protective of me and some people who were able to kind of give it to me straight. I mean, there were definitely some youthful indiscretions and sometimes I just act a fool even as, as quote unquote, the younger guy who was always in the room. But uh, a lot of people were, were helpful and people always came from different, different stages and different walks of life, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the, it also just taught me to kind of be more open, kind of given that I came from a little bit more of a regimented, a little bit more, some might say, stuffy background in terms of being able to relate to people from all backgrounds because we're all here doing the same thing. And and one of the things about this 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 thing of ours is that it really kind of takes us all back to base levels, base desires, base interests. Right. right. Um, but th- that was probably for a little bit further in, right? Because I th- probably thought for a long time that I just dabbled in it and that I would always go back to quote unquote being a regular dude, but uh, not really a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, once it, once it gets you, it, it's, it's hard to get out. Um, so let me back up a little bit. You said that you were pretty much in your, you know, very, very early twenties when you, when you started this. So take me back to your pre twenties, like your, when, when sex first started getting on your mind as a teenager, you know what I'm saying? Because like there's some, what I find is that there's something in all of us, especially those of us that excel at this, where if we kind of go back, we can see that, you know what? I've always been kind of a freak. I mean, like, did you, did you have that in your past or were you just a straight vanilla you know, no, no porn I mean, magazines, no porno. No, no, that's you... absolutely that's absolutely not true. I was the opposite. I okay, so <laughs> yeah, so I was the opposite. The, the, just the difference was, I was uh, much more of a bookish young man growing up um, in a culture that really um, emphasized academics, and uh, I, 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 in some ways, I probably wasn't the most popular with the opposite sex, despite what was clearly and an overabundance of sexual energy and and interest. Um, and, and it's just like came from a culture that kind of emphasized focusing on your books. Um, and it really, it's, it's the same culture that suddenly when you're in your 20s emphasizes, oh, why aren't you getting married and <laughs> having grandchildren? So, so it, it, it was, um, it, it, 
there was always a lot of energy there, but there was not necessarily always an outlet. Right. right? So a lot of a lot of alone time with your thoughts. Yeah, and just you know, you know, again, the internet was new then, and you you can find almost anything on the internet, right? <laughs> so, so um, the, 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 these are all 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 things that kind of contribute to to the the energy one felt, and then finding kind of this outlet was generally like, okay, the, there's people, other people who feel this way, and they're not necessarily bad people because. You know, when you combine combine that with perhaps the influences of religion earlier on, um, you might be conflicted. But as as someone who's a practicing agnostic now, there's much less conflict around any of those things. No, I feel but that was that was definitely an evolution in itself too. Now, after your your first experience, did you have that moment where you were like, "Oh yeah, I'm 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 built for this." Like, did you know right away that, you know, because like you said, going into it, we don't know what we don't know, right? And you're kind of flying blind, and it's it's like, I hope I can do this, or I hope I enjoy it. And then after that first time, the picture is a little bit more clear. You've been, you've been in that situation, you know what I'm saying? You've been around that energy. Did you know right away, was it like, like okay, I, I, I can do this. Like, I, I, I tasted it. I want more. Like, was your second yeah. experience pretty quickly after your first, or did it take you a while to go from the first one to the second one? Yeah, no, I don't think there was ever, like, a am a built for this moment at that point in time, right? Because, again, yeah, clearly people did this, but I didn't know it was a lifestyle. And I think it was just more like, look, um, this was fun. This is definitely a new outlet. I'd like to do this again. And... The, the the people I engaged with, the couple I engaged with, we kind of came to an agreement or an arrangement. You know, when they, they wanted to hang out, they'd call the landline, leave a voice message, um, and we'd set it up. And again, one of the things that became very clear was to try and do this in a way that didn't interrupt people's lives. Right. Or, 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 and, or really kind of, as you say, um, mess up the rules of Fight Club. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of it was more just kind of a, a, a focus on kind of being able to work it in in a way that didn't jeopardize any other things, right? And I remember still focused a lot on school, career, the job, all these other things. And the people I was engaging with, uh, the, you know, one member of the couple was a very prominent member of the, the academic institution I was a part of. So again, you're, you're trying to kind of do things in a way that that, that allow for the fun part, but also ensure that everyone's other aspects of their lives are protected and respected. No, absolutely. So from listening to you, pretty much the first five years, you were pretty much a solo act. Like you didn't really interact with any other guys in a lifestyle. It was pretty much you as a lone wolf, just kind of, you know, dealing with the couples you interacted with. So is that to say that for those first five years, you didn't even really do any parties. It was just pretty much just you with your ads and what have you. It was like, was that how no, you were there, navigating there, it? There were some parties in the Midwest, right? Um, actually helped to put together some groups because I didn't like some of the parties that were happening, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I was kind of flexing the organizational muscles then. But generally, um, I really just kind of preferred one-on-one situations. I really preferred being able to kind of vet people myself. And obviously when I moved to New York and was focused on 
what was a, a, a high pressure career in New York at the time, um, one-on-one meets were definitely a way to kind of relieve the pressure mm-hmm. and, um, and, and relieve stress. And then when I wasn't doing that, doing that, I was focused on the job. So that was, uh, that was kind of how I viewed it. And I, I was able to put things in boxes, right? So compartmentalization of the different aspects of my life was something I was pretty good at. No, I feel that. So one of the things that I think that we all go through, especially those of us that take this seriously, you know, not just what we do and the way that we do it, but like you said, respecting other people's time and respecting discretion and, and the fact that everybody has a real life part of this. What do you remember when you started to realize that, okay, not only is there a community here, not only are there other guys who are doing what I like to do, but you know what? Not all of them are good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're by yourself, you don't really have that perspective. And then you start, you know, whether you're bumping into people at parties or seeing people around or even having couples tell you stories where the picture becomes a little more clear where it's like, okay, even though there are a lot of guys in this, they're not all doing it well or doing it the right way. Like, what do you remember about that part dawning on you when you started to see that? I think it just, I just kind of thought about it in terms of kind of building your own personal brand. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, that obviously in, uh, whether you're thinking about a career or whether you're an entrepreneur or anything else, you always try to differentiate yourself from the crowd. Right. Right. Um, and what, what became apparent, of course, it was always helpful when you got good feedback, right. From the couples, right. Like, or like, or like you're better than, you know, not necessarily better than someone, but like, Oh, our last experience wasn't so great or this happened or that happened. Or I like how you approach this, how you approach that. And then you start to kind of come up with your own, your own personal best practices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a certain set of series of steps I take to kind of engage with people. Um, I find that I do that for security, for discretion, um, and also just to kind of lay out the ground rules, right? Right. And then you just, and then you'd always just see the stories, right? There were guys who would try to ground rules would be set, and then they do things to go against them. There were guys who would try to play with people without protection when they asked them to play with protection. There were people who would try to go behind husbands' backs when they weren't supposed to do that. Um, there were people who would get into physical altercations at parties. There were people who would show up drunk. or people who would show up um, on, on, on narcotics or chemical substances. And you kind of you learn what to do by seeing, seeing yeah, a lot of what, right. what, what, what you, you shouldn't do, right? Uh, and then it all depends on kind of the the brand you're pulling for yourself, right? Like, I, I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I, I remember seeing Dude's profile, and he's literally called himself Big N-Word, like, like Dick or something. Right. something. Something crazy like that. And when I was young, I used to be really shocked. But as I got older, I was just like, you know what? That dude's marketing to himself to a certain constituency who like a certain kind of shall I call it very, very hardcore race play and couldn't be me, but God bless you. Right. Right. Yeah. You learn it. There's something for everybody in this. You know yeah. So, so I literally, I just kind of stayed true to kind of the things that like I thought were most, most emblematic of myself, my approach to kind of life and other things. And I've literally had some people write me. I never forget one black couple wrote me and they were just like, 
blah, 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 something, something, something. Basically implying that I was too pretentious or whatever in the way I kind of approached myself or carried myself. I just hit the block button and kept it moving, right? Mm -hmm. If you vibe with me, you vibe with me. If you don't, you don't. And you and I both know that that's happened even in person, right? Right, absolutely. The, the, the difference is just that I always know how to stand up for myself and, you know, being able to kind of lift the weights and get to a certain size just means that most people are going to say stupid shit to me, right? But at the same time, yeah, just if someone has a problem with you, they have a problem with you. And you know what? One of the great things about this lifestyle is just telling me just keep it moving, right? You cannot get fixated on one person or one thing, right? So you you, you should know who you are, know, understand your principles, whatever they may be. Mm -hmm. Understand that other people's principles may not jive with yours, and just really you want to kind of create an environment around yourself that's that's positive. Okay. And if, if if people or things cause negative reactions in you, then remove them from your environment. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So you and I have both been doing this long enough to know that it's not all sunshine and roses. You know what I'm saying? And regardless of how long it takes, eventually we all hit our first pothole where something doesn't go the way you expected it to go. And you have that first fucked up experience. Do you like how long into the game were you before you encountered your first and would regardless of what made it fucked up, where it, at the end of the night, you were like, okay, that was fucked up. I don't want to go through that again. Like I want to keep so, that. Yeah, to a minimum. Uh, so when was your first I, fucked up experience? I, I think it was within the first two years. Right. Again, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm a very regimented individual. So for me, my best practice is I kind of really kind of have a, a, a way I approach an encounter, a party, whatever, right? Um, and that experience, those experiences kind of taught me things that worked or they didn't work, right? Um, sometimes it's the people. Other times for me, sometimes it can be the environment, right? So again, I'm very picky about the situations I end up in. And those early lessons taught me a lot. Not not every situation is for me. Right. And not, not every couple, hot wife or, or otherwise, is a good fit for me. Okay, so, but I'm, I'm not going to let you off that easy. You know, you might do. So my listeners want to know what happened, what made it fucked up. I mean, sometimes it's the environment. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's... And, and people have a right, I don't want people to be offended, but people have a right to question me on this. But if a party's too ratchet, if I don't feel it's secure, if I don't like the location, sometimes I'm not even just like the goddamn hotel. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, I, I can pay for something better than this. I don't need to, to be here, right? Right. Uh, um, sometimes you have that. Other times, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily represent themselves or they may represent themselves in a way that is contrary to their actual physical experience. Right. Right. When you talk about you talk about when they send you the, the decades old picture. I've I've I've, I've had that happen too. <laughs> right. And you kind of want to be very very polite, and it's very hard to tell a man who thinks his wife is the sexiest thing on the planet that, yeah, maybe ten years ago. Or or, or or not even that. She's the sexiest thing on the planet to you. To him. Yeah. yeah always to, you. to him. That's yeah. what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean. To you. Uh, to, to, to I might not share that. That know, opinion. Yeah. That opinion. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, but the, 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 those situations happen a lot. They're, they're, they're a lot more rare occurrences than have been in the last 10 
years. These are kind of more early on things. And now I just know there's certain parties I don't go to, there's certain situations I don't put myself in, right? right. And, and usually I'd like to take control of the situation in that I help if I'm either organizing it, so control the venue, you know, get a nice hotel room, be, have it be in a nice place I'm comfortable with, or it's with people I trust. So I, I know that their, their tastes align with mine. Okay, that's what's up. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, how we, because, you know, we're out yeah, there please. now and, and people please, see the finished, yeah, people see the finished product. But I know that for each of us, there was a journey that took place. I mean, there were steps that we took. Sometimes there were missteps, you know, but we, we live and we learn from those experiences. So that's why my focus is so much, is so much on the journey. So I'm curious to hear, because like I said, we've known each other for a long time and we've had all kinds of conversations, but I've never had the opportunity to dig into your beginnings like this. So I'm taking full advantage of it. Um, Like, do you remember when you got to the point where you really started to hit your stride? Like in the beginning years, we're still kind of formulating, like you said, what our particular brand is. Like, okay, this is the lane that I'm going to pick for myself and like you said, either some people are going to vibe with me or some people aren't. But this is the pe- this is the path that I'm going to walk in this lifestyle. Like, do you remember when you kind of yeah, like hit yeah, your stride I, and got in that sweet spot I, where it's like, OK, yeah, I, I don't have any more doubts. I, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is, you know, this is the way I'm going to carry myself. This is the way that I'm going to be. This is the way I'm going to present myself. These are the kind of people I want to attract. You know, yeah, I, I think for me it happened in my late twenties, and when I was working really hard career-wise, but I would, I would just be getting referrals. I'd get phone calls, "Hey, we heard you're a good guy," and mm-hmm. I would be out. I travel out to, to 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 the West Coast, uh, Vegas. I travel out to South Florida, and from the moment I touch down for a long weekend, I I just would I just have encounter after encounter after encounter, right? Um, and and and, and I, I think the pinnacle of that was once I was I was in a European country where they don't speak English, stranded for whatever reason, and um, in one of my earlier travels, and just being able to just kind of catch up with lifestyle people, make a situation happen, and just really just be in the middle of it, and and realize that like I I could control kind of how I wanted the evening to go was kind of a really powerful statement, right? In, in, to me, mentally, anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was when I knew that's kind of like, okay, this I understand this very, very well, and I can actually influence certain parts of it extremely well, too. Okay. So you're going through your journey. You're dealing with couples. I'm, I'm get, you know, I don't want to assume, so, but I'm guessing that maybe the first handful were you know, probably hot wife couples, you know, stag vixen type couples. When do you remember and how did you react the first time you dealt with a cuckold couple? Did you even know what cuckolding was? Because there's a difference between a hot wife couple yeah. and a cuckold couple. Like, Yeah, I mean, everything was all mixed up back then, right? But I, I, I think that you, you could tell by the degrees of control sometimes that the wife had if she was a doll, mm-hmm. right? Or you could tell by kind of 
exactly what kind of scenario people wanted. Because, you know, you start to have people request certain things or ask for certain scenarios playing out. And generally, if it veered towards, and I don't want to call it humiliation, perhaps call it more consensual humiliation. Right. Right. Or, or if it veered towards a little bit more on the performative side, that's when you knew you were kind of dealing with, with one side of the spectrum versus the other. Now, were you comfortable with that right away or, or did it catch you off guard? Like, whoa, I'm not used to this. Like, did you have to kind of have that conversation with yourself first? Like, okay, this is different, but I can do that. Or was it like, I mean, did you have to grow I, into I, it? I kind of viewed what we did as a sport and that I was good at it, right? And uh, I, I still kind of view it that some people want different experiences, mm-hmm. right? Some people want like a quote-unquote boyfriend experience, right? Like, quote-unquote, they, they want to be the, the, the quote-unquote black guy they fucked in college, right? Right. Like, you know, <laughs> some people want, uh, uh, shall we say, a little bit more performance art. Right. Some people want something in between. And then there's, as you all know, we all know the types like to do the screen screen. And I mentioned earlier on, some people just want the biggest, blackest, most, forgive my word, N wordish mm-hmm. motherfucker they can find who is so entirely different from their daily experience. Right. Absolutely. I obviously don't, I obviously don't, that's not a, the, uh, the lane I've chosen for myself, but it definitely exists. Um, I think that like, and I still have a longtime friend who I think you know well too, who is a dom to her husband, right? And he is definitely um, a, a member of the uh, the cuck tribe, right? Right. Um, and 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 they have been they're kind of one of the more illustrative couples I would use in terms of my my reference points. And uh, yeah, they're on one side of the spectrum, and I've had friends who still have a lot of friends who kind of sit more on the hot wife stag or even. Some even on the open relationship, anywhere from don't ask, don't tell to uh, it's open and announced kind of side of the spectrum. So there's a there's there's multiple reference points on this on the spectrum of ours. But yeah, you're right in that the first few times the way I treated it was like a sport. You got to give the people what they want, right? And I and I viewed myself as being someone who was good at it. So. One of the things I like to do is just have that conversation to understand exactly what people are looking for, right? Right. And then once you understand that, you can give it to them. So it's less shocking when people spell it out in language you understand. It's more shocking if people just spring it on you during a quote-unquote encounter. Okay, that's what's up. So as we said earlier, you've been, you've been doing this for a while. I mean, you got, you know, you, 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 you're at that point where you're OG and all this, you know what I'm saying? Oh God, please don't say hey, that. Man, look, man, I call, I, 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 I did 20 years, man. That's. Please don't, please don't say that. Dude, I'm, I'm barely over 20 years. So, you know, if you, if you always calling me that, so I can turn it around and call you that. Uh, you know what? You know, I you, deserve that. You got started. Yeah. You, you got started earlier than I did. You know what I mean? Um, so, I would ask, I would pose the question to you as far as, you know, because I have a lot of couples that listen to this. And trust me, you're you're going to be getting hit up because at the end of this, you're going to put your information out there and how people can contact you. And you will be getting, you know, people reaching out to you saying, hey, we heard you on the podcast, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So for those people listening, what makes you unique? Like at the end of the day, what do you hang your hat on? Like as a, as a bull, I hang my hat on 
these particular qualities about myself that have nothing to do with my dick. You know what I'm saying? So for you as a bull in this lifestyle, at the end of the day, what do you hang your hat on? Like what is what does Bone Slinger represent? I, look, I think it's important to to understand who you're engaging with, right? As I said before, people fall into different buckets in this lifestyle. Really communicating and understanding what 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 they want from from engaging with you is important, right? And then knowing if you can give that to them. And I think part of what's been been good for me is just kind of making sure that whoever I engage with, um, you you can fulfill that need at that point in time. And do it in a way that everyone has a good time, people get to go home, no one's lives are impacted negatively, and you can do it again if you want, right? Mm -hmm. And part of that, that involves the physicality, being in shape, taking care of yourself, grooming, all of that stuff. That involves sexual health, making sure that you're always, you know, taking care of yourself from that perspective. That involves also just being able to meet people where they are, have a conversation, and kind of be someone that people will want to be seen with, right? And at the same time, it just involves mutual respect, right? Respect people, respect their situations, respect their relationships, right? And respect yourself. So these are all things that I think that are easily said, uh, but some people do them, some people do them well, and some people don't. No, I feel you. Um, so one of the things that I try to do uh, with these with these China Shop episodes is I know I have a lot of, you know, brothers that are still trying to find their way in a lifestyle. And they're, they're listening for, for those little nuggets of, of information, of advice, of guidance. So with that in mind, number one, what are some of the common mistakes you see being made by guys in this lifestyle and building off of that, what kind of helpful advice being the sage veteran that you are, what kind of helpful advice would you have to kind of make their journey a little bit easier? Like learning from what the mistakes that you've made or the things that you've witnessed, like what kind of advice would you then offer to those that's 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 interesting because I think I'll have a positive answer for your first question, and perhaps not the answer you expect for the second. Hey man, I don't expect anything, but this is the, I, all I could do is ask the question. <laughs> no, not not a, not at all, and I appreciate. Uh, uh, look, I, I think that some of the biggest things that come through is sometimes people forget people have a life outside of this, right? People have families, people have kids, people have careers. Um, what you want this to do is to be an additive to all of that, right? Even if you are at that stage in your life as, as, a, as a gentleman bull where you're doing this a lot, you're doing this often, you, you want to do it in a way that you're, you're adding to people's experiences, right? Not taking away, not causing or jeopardizing anyone. Um, the other thing I would say is sometimes you see a lot of people who don't respect people's relationships, right? whatever, the husband's a cock or something else, or he's maybe in a less dominant position when you interact with him, and then suddenly people take that as license to disrespect people generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've really found that to really annoy me over the years, um, and I feel like it's one of the biggest mistakes people make. And then the second of all is just like some people still just don't understand about grooming, about preparation, about viewing this as a sport. 
And if it's a sport, right, or if it's a physical activity, you need to be ready for it. Right? You need to have your mind right. You need to have your body right. Right? You, you need to – look, everyone will have a bad day, right? Everyone will have a bad encounter, right, for whatever reason, sometimes just fatigue, sometimes stress, sometimes everything else. But you should always go in willing to put your best appendage forward, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure, <laughs> make sure that you give people a, a good experience, because obviously it's always fun for us, but it's 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 more important that it's fun for your counterparty, right? More fun, it's fun for the wife, the hot wife, the cacodress, whatever you want to call her, and also it's fun for whether it's the boyer, husband, the stag, whether it's the boyfriend, whatever. You want to treat everyone in that encounter with respect, mm-hmm. and leave people feeling good about themselves, feeling good about you. Because when that happens, you only get more calls, only get more referrals. You only have a, you only have a stronger reputation. How important is your reputation to you? It's tremendously important, even in my vanilla life, even in business and anything else. But especially because I've kept the same kind of brand for a long time now, it's it's very important to me. It's what kind of I feel what differentiates me from, you know every other you know brother out there with a big dick out there right mm-hmm. i think like people who know me so you're saying um, so uh, you're saying you got a big dick <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm saying that, yes yes it's, it's, that has been mentioned to me once or twice yeah. but more but more importantly i'm also saying like you well know that alone will not distinguish you in this lifestyle well, not only will it not distinguish you, but if, if if that's your calling card, you know, I mean, like if that's what you're pinning all and your hopes on. Yeah, you will. Uh, yeah, you will not. Uh, I mean, you may get some yeah, yeah, some yeah. some success, but you won't. You won't. You won't. Um, yeah, I don't think you'll outperform in no. the long run. No. No, no, not 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 at all. Not at all. So, let me ask you this. And it's kind of a, a, a two-sided question here. And you can answer whichever one first you want to. But what's something that you really love about the lifestyle? And what is something that you really, I don't want to say the word hate, but you really wish you could just do without it. But it's a part of it, so you can't do without it. But you wish that you could erase it from the lifestyle. But it just kind of goes with the territory. And like I said, you can answer it in whatever order you want. I think one of the most amazing things about this, when you kind of do this, and no matter where you're doing it or how you're doing it, whether it's kink, lifestyle, swinging, whatever else, is that you get to meet people from all backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? You get to meet people from all walks of life. And especially as a man who enjoys women, you get to meet beautiful women of, of all shapes, sizes, ages, cultures, backgrounds. And uh, that's, that's really fucking awesome. Absolutely. And of course, you and of course you get to meet the lucky men who've married them or partnered to them, right? Um, and you get just get to know a lot of cool people, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> the tough part, or the harder part, which I mean, it all depends on the pressure you put on yourself. It's like this is a physical game; it's a game of physicality. Uh, sometimes for some people, it's just all about the dick. How big is your dick? Let me see your dick. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes those may be dudes posing as couples, but there's still some real size queens out there. And you know what? It's, it's their prerogative. God bless them. But sometimes it just always, it always boils down to the physicality, right? I mean, even 
as you and I being 40 plus bulls or whatever, you know, <laughs> Thank that you. Be, be, being, in, be, being in shape is tremendously important. Having that stamina, having that, that bringing that physicality to bear when it's needed is tremendously important. And, and if you're, you're sloppy or, or not in shape, this, this game will not be good to you either. Right. Well, you'll get exposed. Well, you just won't be. You won't have the level of success you want. Right? Yeah, you'll get exposed so, for you know not <laughs> yeah. not fulfilling your end of the bargain. Exactly, and and but but at the same time, the flip side of that is there are just some people who just only look at the physicality, right? Who only address us as you know three letter acronyms, right? Who only kind of want to get to know us from you know the waist down, and that's always going to be a part of it, especially on this side of the ledger. Mm-hmm. But it's also something that can sometimes be tiring. Okay, so you you actually bring that up, and that's actually where I wanted to go uh, anyway. As we go through this, and probably more so for you because of what your entry point was, um, you know, you know that there's a place for single guys in this lifestyle. You know that these couples, you know, they they you know they entertain single men. And then you start to realize that, okay, of those couples, there are some that are exclusively looking for, for, for black men. And then you get deeper into it and deeper into it and deeper into it. And then you start to uncover that, oh, I'm, I'm a fetish. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a, there's a moment where that realization occurs to you. And... Some guys handle it one way, some guys handle it another way. I'm curious to hear how you specifically handled that. Like, did it, did it, did it ever bother you? Did you lean into it? Were you kind of somewhere in the middle? Like, how did you handle the fact that, you know, much like, you know, we grow up, there, you know, the people that have fetishes for big tits or Asian women or this or that, to find out that you yourself are a fetish to some people. How did that affect you and how did you deal with it? Man, frankly, when I was younger, I didn't give a damn, right? I was having the time of my life. And you know what? You want to fetishize me? Fine. I'm a college-educated black man working in a very intense industry who gets to live in New York City. Fetishize me all you want. You don't know anything about my real life, right? Right. So, so if you have some idea of what black people are, I guarantee you I'm not it. But have your ideas. That's fine. I'm going to still fuck your life. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna still make you come, and we can keep it moving. Now, obviously, that's the cockiness of youth, right? Mm-hmm. The confident, the confidence of youth. Um, as an older person, yeah, they're just they're just some people I just won't mess with, right? If I know something about your certain attitudes you may have, um, certain approach to life you have, I, I don't need that at this stage in the game. You may have the most beautiful woman in the world, but if there's certain there's certain triggers for me, and if you exhibit some of those, that's fine. God bless you. Keep them moving. Mm-hmm. There's probably a guy out there for you, but I am not him. So you fully uh, recognize what works for you and what does not work for you. Yeah, but I don't mean to make it sound like this was a fully formed thing. This has obviously been through years of trial and error and thinking like, well, that was fun in the moment, but I don't need to do that. Or mm-hmm. that was fun in the moment, but those people really clearly don't really know any black people away from this, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I did, you know, um, uh, uh, or that was fun in the moment, but that, did I really need to have things go there, right? Mm-hmm. 
and I think when you've done this a lot more, you have a little bit more options in life. You know, you're not really pressed. You know, there's some things you can say, you know what, no, I'm good. I wish you well. And uh, as you say, especially kind of coming from that place of compersion, may you have all the fun and pleasure you want, but we may not be compatible. No, no, absolutely. Now, you, you, you said something earlier. You, you, you used the term that I kind of want you to go into a little bit more detail about so that the people listening can have a more well-rounded idea of what exactly that means coming from somebody with your experience level. You refer to yourself as not just a bull, but a gentleman bull. What does that mean to you? Like if somebody were to say, well, what's a gentleman bull? How would you explain Yeah, it? I just think that, you know, kind of there's obviously these romance language, romance ideals of kind of the gentleman who's a, a well-rounded human being, you know, who can be both physical and intellectual at the same time. Uh, some of them can even be artistic. I am clearly not one of those people. <laughs> but... but, but um, I just think that, that again, going back to my idea that people have lives, people have other interests, um, and you can you can kind of be your, your 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 full self in this thing. That you just respect that that people have other interests, and that you yourself have well-rounded interests and a full life away from this, and this helps to complement that, right? And it's also actually even better in that because you don't hide or ignore your base desires, but you fulfill them in a way that works for everyone. So I, I think that the idea of a gentleman bull is not necessarily some kind of a idea founded in elitism or, or some kind of hoity-toity approach, but really just that like you're a well-rounded individual um, and you bring that well-roundedness even to this, to this endeavor of ours. And you do it in a way that, that, you know, leaves everyone feeling good and at the same time allows everyone to pursue all the different aspects of their lives. It sounds like it's something that you take a lot of pride in. I mean, I, I, look, I, I just think that it's just something that, in my perspective, is just like it's best practice, right? But everyone has a different way of doing things. And I do know there are other people who have very different approaches that have worked well for that. Right. So, so I, I can only focus on what works for me and what attracts the kind of people I want to attract with or surround myself or associate myself with. No, I mean, that's, that's you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more because, you know, especially the years that we've been doing this, you know, and, you know, you get in environments, whether it's at a party or it's at a function like Splash, where you're around a, a bunch of other people doing the same thing you get to see the different ways that they approach it. Like you can kind of see, okay, I, I can see what his brand is and I can see what his brand is. And like you, you see the different brands that people have, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, and, for sure. And, and, and yeah, you learn from people too. I think that's one of the best things you, you learn. Even, even at, at our advanced age, you're always learning. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, I know that you have a, a you know, because I don't want to let you get out of here without giving the people a way to reach out to you and contact you. Um, what is the best way for people to find? Like I said, I know that you have, you know, 
you're not on there a lot, but I know that you do have a social media presence, but do you prefer they contact you there or one of the mainstream sites? Like, what's the best way for people to, to reach out and touch Bone Slinger? Yeah, I mean, on the mainstream sites, I'm on SLS, SDC, used to be on AFF, and it's just Bone Slinger 2003. Okay, um, can, you, can I, you take a moment and spell that for the people, just so that there oh, are no yeah. mis- misspellings? Oh, yeah, it's uh, B-O-N-E. S L I N G E R two zero zero three. Okay, no hyphens, underscores, or anything like that. Nope, not at all. And of course, if they also want to get in touch with me and they have your social, they could always reach you, and you could always reach me. <laughs> hey, man, I'm trying to give them a way to contact you directly, man. <laughs> of course, of course. And then if if you are on on social media on my Twitter, it's just the same name with NYC. Okay, so Boneslinger two thousand three NYC. Oh, just no, just the first part, Boneslinger NYC. Okay, so there is no 2003, just Boneslinger NYC, at Boneslinger NYC on Twitter. Yes. All right, man. Well, look, anything that you want to say to my listeners? Like I said, I have all kinds of people who listen. Any kind of personal message you want to put out there about yourself? Do you have anything going on? I mean, I know that you are a loyal Fort Lauderdale splash person. Um, Yes, sir. You know, so yeah. any, anything you want to, any message? Yeah, you're, 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 this is your chance to reach a lot of people. <laughs> so, well, if, if there are fellow fellow Splash attendees, obviously always good to catch up with them and for a lot of deal. But I think more importantly, I think it's just to um, really just thank you for kind of the, the platform you provide and the work you've been doing. And I know we've had many, many discussions about this over the years, and it's just been a a joy and a pleasure to see kind of you hit your stride and kind of put out the message of something that you believe in. Right. So I'm, I'm always very, very happy for you. And I know I've sent a few friends of mine your way and I really kind of appreciate the work you're doing in the community and away from that. I mean, people know how to find me and I'm always, yeah, always looking to meet cool people, but at the same time, just always ready to show people respect and give respect and keep this thing about us going. Absolutely, man. Like you said, it's like a, a, a secret society and we all have a responsibility to take care of it. Yeah. And I, and I think that the, the, the platform you have has really helped this thing grow. Man, I'm just trying, and, to, I'm just trying to do my part and give back to something that's given me a lot. Because like you said, uh, met some fantastic people that, whose paths I probably wouldn't have crossed unless it was the shared interest. You know what I'm saying? So, of course. Uh, and I... And I I am really, really kind of super proud to kind of have known you before this and see what you're doing as as this thing evolves because with the new generation coming in, it is evolving. And I'm very glad that you are a big part of that conversation. Well, thank you, brother. It means a lot, man. Like I said, we go way back, man. So it's it's, it's always good to have people that knew you before any of this came about. You know, because you know that none of this is influencing what they think of you. Like, they know you. Yeah, no. You know no, but I also, I think it's just been great to kind of knowing what we, knowing where, where we both met, where we came from, and kind of where we are now, and the things that, that you know, the, we've had so many top discussions about about this and kind of the culture and how it changes or doesn't change over time. And to kind of see some of the, quote-unquote, some of the undercurrents of those discussions in the broader discussion you're leading out there is really 
really been exciting to see. Well, thank you, man. It's, it's, it's humbling and it's appreciated. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the time, my friend. Absolutely. So uh, with that being said, before I let you get out of here, I always want to give a message and a shout out to my, uh, to my Patreon supporters. You guys know how important you are to what I do. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it was not for your continued support. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you all. To those of you who are not yet Patreon supporters, like I always say, maybe this will be the episode to make you say, you know what, we like what that Michael C. guy is doing and the way he's representing the lifestyle, and we want to see him continue to do what he do, what he's doing. Um, so with that being said, I'm your host, Michael C. On behalf of my guest, Boneslinger, I want to thank you for listening to another installment of The China Shop on the Keys and Anklets podcast, and I will see you when I see you. Peace. Talk to you soon. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to make you aware of a slight change. <clears throat> My man Boneslinger had an issue with his Twitter account, so he had to start a new one. So if you want to find him on Twitter, you can find him at Boneslinger2003. Again, at Boneslinger2003. That is at B-O-N-E-S-L-I-N-G-E-R-2003. No hyphens, spaces, or anything like that. So just make a note of that if you want to find him on Twitter. Thank you.